What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast. My name is Keaton. I am your host, and today we've got Pops joining us. How are you, Pops? I am wonderful. Wonderful. It's been a while since you've been on. You're a fan favorite, in case you didn't know. (laughs) Uh, People don't want to hear what I have to say. They do want to know what you have to say. Oh, I don't believe that. (laughs) (laughs) No, really. I can look at the numbers and be like, no, look, they they really actually only care what you have to say. Hmm. Um, How have you been? Fill us in. It's been a while. Oh, by the way, we are in the garage instead of in a silent room. So I don't know if you could hear that airplane behind us. Um, garage door is open. It's nice outside. You, you may hear some sirens. You may hear traffic from Sixth Avenue. Who knows? Who knows? But this is where we've got, and this is what we're going with. And it's beautiful outside. So why not? All right, pops. How you been? What's been happening in your life? Well, you survived a car accident. I did survive. I, I totaled my jeep. Um, <clears throat> what'd you hit? I hit an RTD bus, <laughs> T-boned. <laughs> the bus is fine. The bus is fine. It survived. The airbags came out and just, <clears throat> and it stunk like crazy. Um, smoke everywhere. And no one was hurt. Nobody was hurt. No one was physically hurt except for the Jeep. Except for the Jeep. And you got yeah. a new one. I did. I, I, well, Actually, it's even older. <laughs> what year is it again? This is a 96. That's right. And you had a 97. 97. Yeah. Grand Cherokee. Grand Cherokee. This is just a Cherokee. This is just a basic model. Mm-hmm. But it's fun to drive, and it actually has more power. All right. That's all you need. Um, let me see. Um, I was going to ask you a question, and I just forgot. Oh, so for our listeners, that Thursday night, it was on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough to have the night off. We had normally I work Thursday nights, and we had the night off. I get a call, Dad's in an accident, and then we went and stood at Federal and what was it, Fourteenth, Fourteenth for three you, hours. Yeah, for three hours we were there. If you're familiar with Denver, that's right across from Mile High Stadium where the Broncos play. It's a terrible intersection on a terrible road, and really it's busy. Snowed and it was dark. Uh huh. Right next to a big bus stop. Yes. Tons of people just watching us. And the, the tow truck took forever to show up, and then the police took two hours to show up. And we just we just sat there. Yes. With nothing to do. It was a great night off. Very cold. <laughs> anything it had else, just snowed. Anything else new in your life? Um, no. Uh, well, so next week, you know, is Easter. Yep. And Colin's soon-to-be-in-laws, yep. the entire family, is coming to town. Can't wait. It'll be an experience. Um, it's going to be fun. Yes. I mean, you got to meet my in-laws the week of the wedding. Correct. Yeah, I met, you know, I met Chelsea at Dylan's wedding. That's true. Yep. <laughs> yep. And let me think. When did we meet Crystal? We met Crystal's parents at Crystal's and Dylan's wedding. Was that really? Yeah. Is that the first time? Uh huh. Because we were we were in Missouri. Oh, that's right. That's right. You were in Missouri. (laughs) But oh, all right. Not not much of a heads up. At least Colin's giving you a heads up this time. Yeah, and we you know we met actually we met um, Audrey a year ago this Sunday for Easter. Yeah, she came out for Easter. Or did you go up there? No, we were at the farm. Where was I? 
Was oh, I was working. You were working. Yeah, of course we were I was on our working. way home from Missouri. And we spent a week at the farm. That's right. And That's right. She and Colin came down, and uh, we got to meet her, and and found out that she can hold her own against Colin. Oh yeah, she can. <laughs> she can't just hold her own. She can wallop him. Oh yeah, <clears throat> it's, so that, it's that's, amazing. That's fun to watch. Uh huh. <laughs> it it's amazing. Yeah. That's how I knew she was for Colin. Yeah. At Christmas, when he was insisting that they walk. It was there was like twelve inches of snow on the ground, and he wanted to walk to go ice skating downtown. It was like mm-hmm. eight degrees because he didn't want to pay for the light rail. And it turned into this whole thing, and she like stood her ground, and I was like, "That that girl's for yeah. Colin." <clears throat> so Audrey, if you're listening, shout out to you, Colin. Right. Shout out if you're listening. Good job. Good find. Good find. All right, tonight we're talking about Shackleton. 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 All right. Hopefully, everybody knows who Shackleton is. Pretty famous guy. Famous guy. Mm-hmm. The uh, last of what they called the heroic adventurers. Hero- okay. Oh, that's explorers. Cool. I, I explorers. Yeah, I didn't know explorers. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, that whole heroic age of exploration of Arctic, the Arctic and Antarctica, was, oh. and he was the last of that breed. All right, that's awesome. Excuse, Excuse you. Me. I guess there's not really much to explore anymore or discover because at this point. But um, how about – thanks, Pop. He just gave me a water. No editing. This is just how it is. Um, give us an overview of Shackleton's adventures. Because I – so you had told us about Shackleton, and I'm sure Dylan read – I think Dylan read it. Well, but if you well, if you when you had Dylan on for a podcast, uh-huh. he said that is a book uh, that is a man everybody should read about. Yep, he did. Um, I hadn't read about him, so I was like, "Well, so better do it." So, just a quick overview: he became a he was one of eight kids, okay. and where uh, was he? Oldest, middle? He was the second oldest, oldest boy. Okay, he had, oh, okay. He had one brother and six sisters. Wow. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, at the age of 17, he left school and joined the Merchant Marines and spent the next 23 years until he was 40 going all over the world. Just on ships. Just on ships. So if you can imagine that lifestyle. And one of the books I've been reading called uh, Shackleton's Ways, it's somebody from England, of course, Two people wrote this book on his leadership style. Mm-hmm. I really have yeah. learned a lot because it's um, that is the first chapter, first section of the book is called "The Path to Leadership," and it yeah. really gets into a lot of his younger years and what yeah. he did. And it's, it's fascinating things that you don't get yeah. from Al- Alfred Lansing in, in yeah. endurance. So, how long till you're done with that book? Uh, well, I'm. I, I I read three pages and I go to sleep. Okay, because <laughs> I'm waiting on. Yeah. It. Okay. Well, I may just <laughs> I may just give it to you. Um. <clears throat> anyway, you know, you read you read uh, like Endurance or Shackleton's Forgotten Man. One of the one one of the uh, that was a co expedition going on at the same time that the mm. Endurance did. You think, you know, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. You know. What because they called him the boss mm-hmm. in both books, and you think what would make his, his men so loyal to him? Mm-hmm. Well, you read the backstory, and that's when you find out that he 
on all of these ships that he served on, mm-hmm. he called himself or, or named himself the morale officer for every for the entire ship. The morale the officer. The morale officer. So when they were sick at, at sea from tossing, you know, the seas just throwing the ship around and stuff, yep. he would go to all the people and make sure that their morale was up. Yeah. And so he was always living or doing things to not only ingratiate people to him, but to, to lift them up and to make them help them know that people care. Yeah. Uh, it's really, I mean, it's really a, you read, you read endurance and you don't never get that. Yeah. You know, he's no, not really. He was hard driven. Yeah. But, but you think about the weight of 27 men depending on him. Mm hmm. Well, we got to tell them the story first. Oh yeah, we got to do the story. So we'll, but we'll talk I do want to come back to morale because that's something I yeah. do want to talk about. So anyway, all of this time that he was on these ships, he was also studying for what was next. So he had no what we might call formal education in our day and age, mm-hmm. but he was always training himself, and he was very wild, widely read mm-hmm. about who he, you know, the things he read, consumed thought about, wrote about, mm-hmm. um, definitely, you know, was not a YouTuber. <laughs> I don't think he would be a YouTuber if he was alive today, I think. But anyway. He'd read books. He'd read books. Amen. Um, so you really get a flavor of who he is through this other stuff. And there was, they mentioned a, a guy, H.R. Um, Mill, mm-hmm. who wrote an autobiography no, a biography. Mm-hmm. Biography. Yeah, biography. And he was a contemporary and a friend of Shackleton's. Mm-hmm. And so that's the next book I want to buy when I get yeah. $20. I found it on Alibri's for 20 bucks. Yeah. So I didn't um, even realize there were so many books there's about this guy. There's a lot of books about yeah. this guy. And several of them he wrote. Did he really? Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> we're actually talking about a very educated man for his time. Mm-hmm. That really, is, I think, is underappreciated. Yeah, because he read so much. He read so and much. And he was and he like, experienced so much. Yeah, he was on the saw the world. Yeah, so for twenty years, twenty five years. Yeah, twenty years. Well, yeah, twenty three years until yeah. he was until he went on the endurance. Yeah. So, um, have you ever watched Blue Bloods? Uh, no. Okay. So I'm, I'm not fifty. <laughs> Blue Bloods is for those of you who are listening who are not as sarcastic as my son <laughs> you know it's the story of, of the reagan family in new york they, they're all in law enforcement in some way there's a few cops commissioner and, and an assistant di- uh, district attorney anyway the youngest son jamie is being up for this promotion this last episode uh to work on the mayor's de- uh, security detail in new york city if you can imagine how that how intense that might be in new york Anyway, his dad, Frank, is a commissioner, and he, he's talking about Jamie, and he says he has a Harvard Law degree but a, and a Ph.D. in street smarts from New York City. That's what I think about Shackleton. Yeah. All of, the, all of that time spent at sea huh. <clears throat> developing himself. I, I can only imagine how intuitive yeah, he really was yeah. about people, and about situations, about the waters, yeah, and everything. Yeah, so good. Um, so they 
he's 40 years old mm-hmm. and they decide we're going to cross Antarctica. Yes. And so they, he takes 27 men. They sail down there to cross Antarctica. They'd be the first people to. That was, that was the goal was to be the first to cross Antarctica. And other people had attempted it. Right. No, nobody no, had ever attempted it. Okay. Because I there they, was a crew that had attempted it like five no, years prior. No, they, they were trying to get to the South Pole. Got it. And then returned on. they. So these guys were going to the South Pole and then going beyond. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> and they get down there and they get stuck. Stuck. No Wi-Fi. No cell service. <laughs> no radio. No radio. No pigeons to send letters. Nothing. Nothing. Stuck in the ice. Yeah. How long were they stuck there? So they were on the boat, and then they tried to. Then they were like, "We have to." Well, we're not getting out. Yeah, they they realized that they had to abandon the abandon the ship when the ice actually started coming through the side of the ship, right? And was thrusting it on a side. And they, I mean, so if you can imagine walking on a, a floor that's twenty degrees tilted, yeah. you're just going to slide off. So, but they were on they were on there for what? Nine they were on months? five months. It was five months. Five months that they were stuck on the ship. Why did I think? I thought it was nine for some reason. Well, it ended then being on the ice for another. So they abandoned the ship. They got stuck in September. Uh-huh. Um, so they left. Let me think. Let me get all this straight. The The ship left the end of August ni- 1914, right after World War One started. And then they left South Georgia Island the 1st of December that same year, going to the Weddell Sea in Antarctica, and then they got stuck right before uh, right before their winter, their first day of winter. Which w- would be in June. South Pole. Yeah, they would be in June. June. But they right. were fighting the ice the entire right. time. Right. And they when it finally just just crunched in around them all the way around up to twenty feet thick, uh, they were just stuck there. Yeah. And uh they kept trying to dig, you know, there's there's a Hurley, the photographer who was on, on the ship. Yeah. Uh, he actually had a home movie camera, and he took picture movies of them trying to saw the ice, yeah. move the ship, yeah. doing everything they could. It's a fascinating documentary. You can get it at the library. Um, so they got stuck, and then in September, it started to squeeze the ship. Yeah. With the with the way the the barometric pressure started squeezing it, and then for, in November they abandoned the ship. Right, and now they're they're just gotta they're now they on, figure out how to get out. They're on the ice. Yeah, and they gotta on figure the out ice. how to get out of yeah. there. And so they they try and go. You know they have dog sleds. They have three dog. They have some dog sleds. I forget mm-hmm. how many, and but also three lifeboats that they mm-hmm. have to. Go. They have to haul across the ice. Yep. You can only imagine how hard that would have been. And they were really heavy. Yes. They I were, remember, because yeah. I listened to the book. I didn't read it. I listened to it because I was taking advantage of the commute. And I remember that they were like over a, over 2,000 pounds a oh, piece. I'm, sh- I'm sure they were. Because like the James Carey, the largest one of them was 22 and a half feet yeah. long, six feet wide. Right. And I don't, I don't know how high it, high it was. It was enough to support eight to 12 men. Right. On the ocean. It wasn't a canoe. They weren't dragging a canoe. No, it was not a canoe. And so 
you know, so there's only 27 men. You have some handling the dog teams, some who are breaking trail, and then 15 men hauling three boats. Yeah. And they would, I can only imagine, they would haul a boat, say like a quarter of a mile. Their rest was walking back to get the next boat and hauling it a quarter. So the first day, they made it a whole mile away from the ship. Yeah. Which is nuts. Darkness. Darkness. And it was so cold. So cold. I kept laughing to myself throughout the book because they would talk about how cold it was, but then it would say it warmed up to a chilling negative two degrees. I was like, I I guess if you're in that weather, negative two feels pretty good. (coughs) And I, you know, (coughs) I never figured out if that was Celsius or Fahrenheit, but it doesn't matter. Well, negative two Celsius, it's got to be Fahrenheit. Ah, well, maybe I don't know. Negative two. <laughs> well, negative four Celsius is is thirty two. Well, zero is thirty two degrees Fahrenheit. Zero Celsius, thirty two degrees Fahrenheit. Right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's we fi- should all be on the fi- metric system. Figure it, it out. It would out. Everything would be easier. Is that even metric? Am I even? I don't know. Well, what I'm talking. It's about. part of the metric system because it's, it's based on a hundred. Okay. Yeah, we should all be on the metric system. It makes more sense. But <laughs> good luck. Um, I know. Um, well, so there. So they. How long did it take them to cross the ice? Because they had to, they had to cross the ice. Well, they never made it. Well, I meant to get off because they have to get off the island. They have to go back to. Well, they're they're not on an island. They're on ice. Just a big flat. So they're not actually on Antarctica. No. Oh, okay. They I never they made had... it. They they were seventy eight miles away from the shore got... when they got oh, okay. stuck. Okay. So they're just on this ice, <clears throat> floating, and their ship is floating, and it it actually spins around to where it's further north than they are. Yep. And then it spins back, uh-huh. <clears throat> and then the flow starts to break up, mm-hmm. and uh, so then they take, um, you know, they're on they're on several flows before it finally gets to the point where they're going to have to abandon that and take to the to the to the little three little boats, right, and to find land. Yeah, and there's, you know, I guess the currents are so crazy down there because they were. They were <clears throat> had a, a heavy wind that was pushing them to the northwest, mm-hmm. with a current that was taking them to the southeast. Yep, I remember that. Mm-hmm. So they lost ground because they had to keep changing their <clears throat> island. They needed yes. to go to right, like five or six times. Yeah, because yeah. they just were. Yeah. So you know, in that boat, in that boat journey, <clears throat> you know, and and. and Kind of reminded me of what Dan was talking about you know, on your last podcast uh-huh. when he was talking about having to change direction sometimes, but yeah. still persisting towards a goal. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you know he knows where he wants to go. He's just having to take you know, maybe multiple paths, multiple paths, yeah. or you know, one his path is blocked. We have to change. Yeah. So that just remind. I mean, perseverance. Yeah. So shout out to Dan from the last podcast. Very insightful, Dan. Buddy, you would have been on this adventure. Sure would have. And you would have been the guy keeping everybody happy. Yes, you would have been the morale officer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, thanks, Dan. We love Dan. We do. Okay, so they they come down from England all the way down to almost getting to Antarctica. 
they get stuck, they're on the boat five months, and then they have to get on the ice, then make live on the ice. How long were they living on the ice? Till April. So, which was what? Five, another, well, from November to April is... What is it? Six five, months. Yeah, six months. Six months on the ice. And then they get into these <clears throat> boats. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to they get stuck in all these currents. They have to, they're heading to what was the island they were originally headed towards? Uh, Pollitt Island. Pollitt Island. Yeah. They find out they're pushed off course. They switch to another one. This happened. It. I think it happened six times. Five or six times. They had to change courses. They finally get to what's called Elephant Island. Mm-hmm. And elef- there's nothing there. Nothing. Nothing. Penguins. And then they leave some men there, right? Well, so they they land, they finally make it, and, you know, the first time in, uh, I think, 11 months or something like that, that they are actually on land. Right. And then they realize that the high water mark is above where they are. Yep. So they got to get back in the boats and then go around, and there's one... Frank Wilde leaves. <clears throat> He's the second in charge of, on the ship. Takes a few men with him. They go and they find another place. And there's, that's really the only place that they can find to, to land where it would be safe above the high water mark from the mm-hmm. tides. <clears throat> so they come around to that. And then they spend the next week or so preparing the boat mm-hmm. that James cared. Because they can only take one. They can only take one. Yep. So Shackleton leaves right ab- um, the end of May, mm-hmm. I believe, and um, they left six guys there, right? S- no, they left twenty-two guys. Oh, they left twenty-two guys. They took there were six men in the boat. That's right. Okay, and yeah. so Elephant Island is the very northern island before the Atlantic Ocean. Yep. So there is, I mean, there is not. If they had missed, yeah. if they missed Elephant Island, they were gone. They're done. They were yeah. done. <clears throat> Get on Google Maps and look where Elephant Island is. You'll be and, like, wow. and you'll have to blow it up really big yeah. to find it because it's not a very big thing. Yep. Um. So, they have to now go to the northeast, eight hundred and some miles. Yep. To south, back to South Georgia Island where they started. Right. A year ago. And that because there's on South Georgia Island there are whaling stations. Whaling stations, yes. yeah. Whaling stations. Yep. So they have they have all these rocks in the bottom of their boat to keep it from tipping over. Mm-hmm. That they're also having to sleep on. Right. In the cold. In the cold, there. I mean, the water is just coming over. And yeah. it, you know, at one point in time, the ice is like six inches thick, and they're having to chip it off the boat because he gets on the front of the boat and he's yeah. like. You yeah. have to take turn. He did it. Shackleton did it until he couldn't move. Right. And then they swapped. Yeah, they were doing like five-minute intervals, yeah. you know, taking turns until they got it all. And they did that four times. Yeah. And then a, a tidal wave came over and almost mm-hmm. wiped them out. Mm-hmm. And um, the rain, the so their sleeping bags are made out of, the insulation in their, in their sleeping bags is reindeer hair. Yeah. And they start mildewing and molding, and, and it stank. And it gets everywhere. It gets yeah. into their food. Gets into their water. Um, one of the one of the water kegs casks gets uh, breaks, and actually is full of salt water. And they're still having to drink it. Yeah, they have to. 
Yeah, because they, ha- you know, they have to get to Elephant or to South Georgia mm-hmm. because there's 22 men back on Elephant Island. Yeah, and it keeps talking about those mates back there on Elephant Island, mm-hmm. and they're feeling those six men are feeling the weight of we got to make it. We got to oh, make yeah. it. Yeah, <clears throat> which we're gonna come back to because you said something to me about that once, and so I want to come back to that specific. There's so many things I want to come back to. This is going to have to be a multiple. Well, every, I can't wait to read the next Shackleton book because even listening to it, it had an awesome narrator. I listened to Endurance mm-hmm. um, by Alfred Lansing, and I was on the edge of my seat. Like I, I couldn't wait to drive to work, and then I, I was like, I got to drive somewhere so I can listen to this book. I cannot believe how good <laughs> it is. But then the thing that struck me was like the longer it went, it was like, the harder it got and the worse it got. It got worse. They it had got. no relief ever. No. Down to they get mm. to South Georgia Island, and they realize they're on what is, I think the south end or the, the they're south, on the wrong the southwest end. side. Yeah, and they have to leave three guys there, and three of them have to yeah. hike these mountains yeah. that might as well have been um, what are those mountains in Lord of the Rings that you can't pass through? Yeah, those guys. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they have to yeah. get Smeagol to get them yep. out. They, so they we we can't talk about that. We can't. No, that's the next podcast. But I, I just want to finish the summary because they 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 because uh, this this was what it, I think the last two chapters the three chapters maybe blew my mind the most because it was like no relief ever ever so they get to South Georgia Island three they leave three men behind Shackleton goes ahead with two other guys mm-hmm. they start climbing these mountains that no one has ever crossed nobody. They get to where they think they're supposed to be, and they realize they're on the wrong side of the mountain, and have or wrong side of the island, and have to backtrack, and then start over. They backtrack three times. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Again, like Dan. Like Dan. Yeah. Just all. I mean, like. So and you know, so thirty six hours after they had been in the boat for fifteen days. Yeah, over eight hundred miles. Over eight hundred miles. Yeah. They're cramped. They they were so tired they couldn't even pull the boat up on. Yeah. So they had to all stay awake mm-hmm. to keep turns, keeping that boat from going out into the yeah. to the waves. Yeah. So I mean they are exhausted, and <clears throat> then you know a few days later they get food. They find food. They eat it. And uh, which guys are we talking about right now? The six guys. The six guys. The six okay. guys. They they have a shotgun and they kill some uh, like seals, right? No, they kill birds, albatrosses, albatrosses. You yeah. know, and eat those, and you know, and then they find some fish and they eat that. And you know, one of them, McNish, who's the ship's carpenter, he to me, he's the hero, but he's also he wasn't supposed to be there, right? No, well, that was no, no. that was uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Um. Anyway, he goes up on to a, a cliff and just lays down in the grass. It's a sunshiny day even though it's the middle of winter for them. And he his thoughts immediately go back to what his mates were doing back on South Elbow. Yeah. You know. Um, now, keep in mind, this is, to me, this is the one of the major parts of the story is, so they left the boat. We don't know. We could probably figure it out, but we don't know how long they had been without a bath. We don't. <laughs> Outside of getting splashed. They are 
cooking and heating their places with seal blubber Mm -hmm. that's going to smoke a lot. That's getting all over them, all Mm -hmm. over their clothes. And disgusting. Totally disgusting. (laughs) So when 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 uh, Shackleton and Crean and and uh, Woolsey, Mm -hmm. Worsley, Worsley, finally make it over at thirty six hour trek after coming from through the water in in their boat thirty six hours of walking across land that nobody had ever walked across. Mm -hmm. They get to the whaling station. And uh, Woolsey picks out, he, he brings out four safety pins to pin his pants back together. <laughs> That's right. Because they're coming back uh-huh. in, coming back into to, uh, civilization, yeah. which if you can imagine a whaling station that is, you know, where they, this is where they bring the whales back in and they cut them up and they gut them and they carve carve them so you can imagine how much it's must have stunk yeah but he's got this is civilization yeah he's got (laughs) to look good for civilization so there's just so many so many lessons in these stories there's so many but that wasn't the end either no it was not the end because then they needed a boat oh but so on this journey, this this just cracked me up. This is this is a different breed of men. Yeah, they get to where they can at six thirty in the morning. Shackleton is up on a hill, and and the other two guys, Crean and Woolsey, are fixing breakfast, and he hears the the whaling station whistle to wake people up, and he comes back and tells them about it, and they gather around and they're watching Woolsey's chronometer watch. At 7 o'clock, they hear a whistle telling them it's time for the men to come to work. Rather than clapping each other on the, on the back and stuff like we would do, they shook hands mm. and then started walking again. When they got to where they could see the whaling station, they still had a ways to go, but they could see it. They stopped. They shook hands. Like, huh. <laughs> Stoic. Stoic, yeah. I mean, just... Like, we're doing it. Yeah. I mean, you think about what what would we do if we were in their shoes? I mean, how much would we be celebrating in today's world? I don't know if I would have made it. We would have been, well, we would, we would have been YouTube and we would have been uh, Twittering. We would have been. Whatever we waste our time yeah, on. Whatever yeah. we, you know, Snapchatting. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, you know, so they get to the whaling station and the... Uh, they have a they have a party basically after yeah. they get cleaned up they have yep. a party and um it's just this really i mean this and everybody smokes mm-hmm. i mean it's just yeah just a cloud like of smoke a, cl- like a fog yeah and these four whaling captains these norwegian whaling captains who have been living on this whaling station now for all these years 40 years sailing those oceans they come and they just want to shake the hand of these three men mm-hmm. who braved a 800-mile ocean yeah. journey in a 22-and-a-half-foot boat. Yeah, which no man's ever done. No man's ever done. Yeah. 
And uh, so what is amazing about that part is that National Geographic tried to replicate that journey yeah. and couldn't do it. Yeah. With all of the modern equipment. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Because their lives, I think it's because their lives were not at stake. Yeah. Or the lives of 22 men. Yeah. So Which we're going to come back to. We're going to come back to that. That's Let, just Let me a finish tease. up our summary because we're 32 <laughs> minutes in and we haven't finished okay. the summary. So um, they get cleaned up. Worsley goes back around with the with a, a book called the a boat called the Samson, rescues the other three men, and they they actually carry come back around to the whaling station, and the Norwegian whalers carry. Get it together, Pop. <laughs> carry the boat, the James carried this little twenty two foot light, but they pick it up and they carry it in honor of what these men have done. So. You're such a Sally. <laughs> <laughs> You're over here weeping. <laughs> you will too. I know. Okay, but what I what stuck out to me though, there, this is happening during World War One. Yes, Shackleton needs a boat and can't get one. Cannot get a boat, and he, he tries for days and days, and he he caught, months. He, oh, was it months? Months. So he he like. I don't even remember. I don't remember all the countries. He's like, I need a boat, need a boat, need a boat. Until he finally got one. He was relentless. And by well, the time he tried twice to go, yeah, because the Chilean government gave him one. That's right. And it wasn't very seaworthy, nope. and it it hit ice early, and it had to turn around, and come back. Yep. They got right. another boat. It hit ice and came back. Yeah. And uh, so finally, they the. Uh, I forget now which country let them borrow this little. Because England kind of, promised one, but it was going to take too long. Yeah, it was right? going to take too long yeah. to get down there, and he was such. He was just so panicked about these men. Yeah. Again, you know, just you got to take care of your men. Got you know, and that was yeah. those were lessons that he learned early in his life. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> they finally we found got a ship, the Elko, mm-hmm. little. Kind of like a tugboat yeah. affair, but it was you know, and it was a steel hull, and he promised he would not hit any ice with it because it would have just ripped a hole. Right. Think of the Titanic. Yeah, just done. Done. <clears throat> so uh, you know, to me, it's interesting that a, a a wooden boat like the Endurance could handle the ice. Could handle the ice yeah. better than a steel boat. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, I'm sure some engineer <clears throat> or physicist could tell us why. Yes, but so. They make it back. He doesn't even... He, he gets into a lifeboat, and, and everybody's cheering. Yeah. But, and Frank Wilde, again, the second the guy second in charge, He's he's been on the Elephant Island now from when Shackleton left in May to August 30th. Yeah, like a long time. Yeah, so they have been gone now over two years from England. Yeah. <clears throat> and he asked the boss... Do you want to come and see how we've been living? And and Shackleton just in his typical things just says, "No, we need to get you home." Yeah. It. Everyone should read everything they can about Shackleton. Start with Al- Alfred Lansing's Endurance. It's not very long, and it's really well written. But as I was reading, I was like, "There's no, like, <laughs> there's nothing good that happens. No redeeming like." Great end, 
until they pick them up and it's over. It's just hardship, 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 yeah. hardship, 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 hard, overcome, 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 over. And I was like, I the tenacity of the all of these men, and then Shackleton was it blew my mind. Yeah, I mean for for two years, and actually it wasn't done for Shackleton. No. <clears throat> because he had this other expedition across Antarctica that was mm-hmm. oh, his forgotten men with the forgotten men yeah. who were who were laying stores in for him for the transatlantic journey or yeah. trans Antarctic journey. Who I had had was also stuck on the on on Antarctica, so then he had to go get them. He's such a baller, <laughs> like. Uh, I can't so, wait to read the next the next Shackleton book. Yeah, so oh it, it ends, and actually the the book Alfred Lancy is a phenomenal book, but uh, Caroline Kennedy's book has even more history of the men. Yeah, and what happened to them after the war, after this and when they got into the war. Yeah, because by then, I mean, this was nineteen sixteen. The World War One is going crazy. Yep. <clears throat> Nobody knows about Shackleton and his men that they're in trouble. They've been forgotten yeah. by the world. Yeah. And so when he shows back up, it's right. He's not a hero. He's not a hero, even though he was. Even though he was, yeah. especially those 27 men and their families. Yeah. But the world had moved on. Yeah. And so then he had str- he struggled to find his place in that new world. Yeah. I can, and uh, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, so to me, it was very much like um, what did what did they call Lewis and Clark's journey? Uh, I, I had to study that in like second grade. Yeah, anyway, I don't remember. So, core of discovery. Yeah, was was what their journey was. So you have these uh, these uh, I forget how many I think eighteen men going from <clears throat> Independence actually Illinois, down into Missouri, and then following the Missouri River up, eventually going to the Columbia River, to the Pacific Ocean, and then turn around and come back. Yep. <clears throat> what a journey that was. Again, exploring uh, things that no white man had ever seen. Yeah. Come back. Okay, so now what do we do? Yeah. Where's our place in this world? Right. Which, a lot of men actually feel that. Because there's something about men that's like, I have an adventurous spirit, but man, where where is there to explore anymore? Which yeah. is a whole different podcast for a whole nother time. But let's let's delve into a, a couple things about Shackleton. I don't remember the first thing I said I wanted to go back to. But the, the one thing I wanted to focus on, and I don't know if you remember this, but you've alluded to the same point. When I was, I had just moved back from Texas... You remember we were going through that man study video mm-hmm. in the basement, right? Um, man Bible study or whatever it was. It was twenty three, and you brought up Shackleton, of course. But you said something that I've I've never forgotten, and this is what got you crying already. So <laughs> be prepared for more tears. More tears. <laughs> you said. You told, so you're telling me a little bit about Shackleton, and you said, I think most men miss this. We forget to live like other people's lives depend on us. Mm-hmm. Or something, to, or like, uh, no, how did you say it? You said it, we forget to live like other like other people are dying or something. 
And it, it like, how did you, I wish I could remember the exact wording because I, I think about that all the time. Like, and that's like Shackleton and at the back of his mind, I've got 27 men, 22 are on one Island. Three are on another, are on the other side of this one. And if I don't do my job, if I don't do my duty, these men die mm-hmm. and they, and their family, now their fam they don't get to go back to their families. And you, he's not a hero. He's an ordinary man, which we've talked about being an ordinary man. Ordinary man. I've got an, a podcast coming up about an ordinary man in Theodore Roosevelt. I found an article about wow. how ordinary he was, which you're like, what? That's what I thought when I read it. And then I read it and I was like, okay. But anyway, so he's not, but he's not a hero celebrated, but he, if he didn't do his job, those men die and their families suffer. And that's like the that's what stands before every ordinary man. You and me and the few people that listen to this is we're ordinary men, but there are people if we don't do our duty or hold take care of our responsibilities, and if we don't endure stuff that sucks, other people could suffer for it. Yeah. <clears throat> you you know, um, in many ways, you were self-employed. Correct. I'm self-employed? Yes. Yeah, sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Um, you know, I was self-employed for 27 years. My paycheck is consistent no matter what. So <laughs> I don't really feel, I wouldn't say I'm that self-employed. Well, but you still, well, anyway. So self-employed people in general are some of the healthiest people in the world mm-hmm. because they got they know that they have to get up and go to work every day. Right. If they don't go to work, they don't eat, their, their family they don't doesn't eat. eat. Yeah. There's, you know, and you could lose a job, uh, you could lose a client, you could lose all kinds of things. You could lose yeah. credibility. Right. That's a whole lot like what Shackleton was, I think, what he was experiencing was that I am, well, number one, you know, he's, it, this was his dream of putting this, this adventure together. Yeah. And, um, it, well, I don't think it was in this book, I don't remember, but in one of the other books, he had taken out at an ad to <clears throat> for recruiting his crew members. It's a, no, it's an endurance because okay. I remember that. Do you remember what it said? I say it because I'm not going to say it eloquently. Uh, well, I don't know that I can either. But it basically it was wanted men, uh, men who seek adventure men can't seek promise adventure. pay. Can't promise pay. Can't promise you come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so many people signed up. So, so you think? Yeah, I mean, and and the, yeah, I think one of the biggest lessons for me was I think it was chapter three of section three uh-huh. in the book. When um, he they're on, um, they're on the on the ice floe, mm-hmm. and they have five tents, twenty seven men, twenty eight men, and he mm-hmm. has to divide them up. Yeah, and <clears throat> who he takes into his tent mm-hmm. tells us a lot about how he takes care of his men. He took in like McNish, who was a troublemaker. That's the guy who was the guy who wasn't supposed to be there. Was it McNish? No, that was Blackburn. Blackburn. That's right. He snuck he, on he the ship. Sto- he was a stowaway. Yeah. <laughs> 18 year old stowaway. Yeah. Ended up losing some toes. He did. But he, he, he put the troublemakers and the dis in the malcontents in his tent. Yeah. So that he could basically minister and keep an eye on to them. Yeah. Rather than shoveling them off onto somebody else. Right. 
you know, that is being a man, that is being a leader. Doing, yeah. you know, you, you hear about, you know, never ask your employees to do something you wouldn't do yourself. Yeah. That's yeah. what he was doing. Right. Yeah. Well, I, Shackleton himself, we could talk about all, we'll do it. We'll just have to do a part two. And again, read those books. My God, they're so good. Um, and they'll keep you on the edge of your seat and you'll stay up late reading them. But one of the things that shocked me, um, this is the worst situation you could probably find yourself in on an adventurer. You're stuck on ice with nothing to do. And these guys found a way to entertain themselves. They would have talent shows. Mm -hmm. They would read poetry to each other. I think they did church services a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, But like someone would play guitar, someone would sing. Did they do a play? Yes, I feel like I heard about a play. play. They did a play. They would, these twenty-seven <clears throat> bromigos who stink, they're stuck in the ice, and instead of feeling sorry for themselves, just like gritting it out to endure, to survive, they're like, might as well have a talent show. Yep. Which I, I was <clears> like, <throat> man, that is brilliant. Like, and we talked about in my Hoop and Nome podcast, to endure, you, you got to find a way to have some fun. Because if you're going to endure, you might as well, might as well enjoy, enjoy it. enjoy it. And time flies when you're having fun. So if you want to get through endurance, something you have to endure faster. Have try to have fun while you're doing it. But that was the first thing on that in the book that stood out to me is as I was listening, it's like they're entertaining themselves together. No one's no one's al- alone. They're yeah. not enduring alone. <clears throat> one right. Um, they were having fun, mm-hmm. and. I'm like, man, if you're going through something, maybe it's time to get some buddies and do a talent show or play some cards or like, yep. well, do a, <clears throat> do something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not a, a big fan of smoking, but this this part cracked me up. When the 22 guys were on Elephant Island, they they run out of tobacco. Yep. And, they you know, they spend several pages talking about things they tried – <laughs> they, instead they, of tobacco it, yeah. well at one point they one guy boiled all of the pipes and used that water to try and and scent or um used it on grass or something that they found to try and, and get it to taste like tobacco I mean, <clears throat> just something yeah. or well they also when they were like they had to cut all their rations whatever and yes. like, take only what matters and they're like, you can take tobacco. Yes. <laughs> of all, leave the hammers, bring the tobacco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but Hussey had to bring his banjo. Yep. Hussey had, and yeah. uh, so I thought that was important. So, but you know, you think about twenty-eight men mm-hmm. doing these things. Again, that shows leadership in mm-hmm. Shackleton. And how did he choose them? Yeah. What? What made him choose? those men yeah you know now he didn't choose blackburn because he he stowed he away he, yeah. you know down in in, in uh, buenos aires but <clears throat> he still fit in uh-huh. and uh when they got to elephant island <clears throat> he was shackled and promised him that he was going to be the first to set foot on on land yep and he couldn't because his toes were his gone. his whole feet were frozen, and Shackleton picks him up. And throws. <laughs> You're getting on that island You're first, first. <laughs> and he can't. The poor kid can't even stand up and yeah. walk. Yeah. 
<laughs> so you know, so it's but. <clears throat> Uh, he, Lansing says in the book, some of the interviews didn't last five minutes. Yeah. But, again, that 23 years of being with men on boats yeah. taught Shackleton something about choosing men. Yeah. None of them were arrogant. None of them were arrogant. None of them thought too highly of themselves. Self, none of them seemed self-reliant. Maybe Shackleton. But even then, he was like, he he knew, like, I need these men. Yeah. He was always first. He always went first. That morale. That's what I wanted to talk about. Um, and one. So I read this book that you had given me, uh, Lincoln on Leadership. Mm-hmm. Also a good read for anybody who's in a leadership position. You don't need to read any modern day leadership books. Read that one. You'll be fine. Um, that and First and Second Samuel. Um, best two <laughs> leadership books ever written. Um, Lincoln. One of the principles in that book was morale. Know the morale of your troops. And Shackleton, the thing for him, it was like, I've got to keep this morale high mm-hmm. because morale will make or break anything. Right. Literally, I mean, they're in the worst possible situation. They're having fun and they survive. Their morale, for the most part, is high. They have their downs, they do for have sure. Downs. But he managed to keep their morale high. And they sur- And then you have to throw in the element of like, we've got to live because these men are going to die if we don't. Um, what would you say like to people, men about like morale in their household, morale in their workplace? Cause you don't have to be the leader to make morale high, but you do need to make, do something if morale is low. What would you say? Or even in your marriage. If you're... Well, yeah. I mean, that's where you got to work together. Yeah, you know, with your spouse and your kids to to create things, uh, but also celebrate. Um, yeah. <clears throat> do you remember our fortieth birthday party? Oh yeah. So you know you you we learned you you heard that song "Sugar Sugar." Oh yeah. What did you guys do the next week? You and your cousins. I'd not like to admit. We made guitars out of Kleenex boxes and paper towel rolls, and we put on a concert. You made a little stage. We made a stage. Which was which was just wood stacked on top of like our Lego boxes, yep. and we had everyone come down, all the family come down and listen to me sing. What's it? Is it Sugar Sugar? Sugar Sugar. Yeah. Oh, daddy, do, 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 yeah. Do, do, I sang Sugar Sugar. How sugar, old was sugar. I? I would have been seven. I think that would. Well, have been. this was well, ninety. This was nineteen ninety eight. So yeah, yeah you would have been, been seven or no, almost seven because you're. We celebrated in the summer. I was six. You would have been. Because yeah, I didn't, I didn't turn seven until September. That's right. Yeah. So, so you would have been I was six. six, not yet mature. Devin was seven. Yep. Andrew was would have been five. 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 Four. Uh. Yep. No, he would have been just five. No, he would. Yeah, he would have been five. Five. Just turned and then five. Dylan was just Dylan. He was. Yeah. He was one. <laughs> just having the time of his life. <clears throat> yeah. So, but we all went down, <clears throat> and we made it a party. Yeah. Put out the seeds. And- so. You know, whatever, you know, or, or like, um, you know, some of our camping trips that have been miserable, but yeah. found a way to turn them into fun. Turn them into fun. Yeah. You know, setting up in the rain is not fun. Camping in the rain is not fun. And you guys would never let us come home. Yeah. Nope, sure wouldn't. <laughs> you know, one of the things I'm looking forward to when Noah's a little bit older, she's going to want me to play with 
little dolls. kid to- toys, dolls. She's going to want tea me parties. to play tea party, teacher, you know, all this stuff. You know, the, right now that doesn't sound boring, but or that does sound boring. And like I've got other things I'd rather do, but the, I can't wait for her to come home and her to say, "Daddy, will you will you play teacher with me?" And I can't wait to be like, "Absolutely, I will." Uh, just for her sake. Yeah. You know? So what are you gonna do when she says, "Daddy, I want to paint your toenails"? Absolutely. <laughs> stuff that's innocent. I'm like, absolutely. Oh, I'm yeah. in. I want to be. I want to be in. On you, stuff that's you, like innocent. You gotta be in yeah. uh, on everything. You know, I think dads, uh, dads set the temperament. Yeah. On you know when they come in the door, you know if if it's if it's only a one one income house. Yeah. Um, you know whatever you bring home with you. Yeah. Um, or you you know you have these discussions with your sweetheart and you say this is how we're going to run the house or stuff. Yeah. Um, you know and of course. Women are the glue that holds all that together. Sure are. And uh, shout out to moms and wives. Shout out to moms and wives. You have a hard job. Um, but it it's 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 co-equal. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I never. Yeah, he. You know, Shackleton was the boss. I mean. Yep. I mean, that's what they called him, boss, and it was a, really a term of endearment. But you didn't get that <clears throat> feeling from him. No, you didn't, because you know, like they had one one part of the book where. Uh, Frank Wilde and one of the other guys shaved their head. Yeah. On the boat. Yeah. Well, they all shackled and went up and stepped. You know, typically you think about a ship's captain. Yeah. He has to hold himself aloof. Yeah. He never did. No. Yeah. So the, I guess the difference there is like he he didn't have the I'm in charge attitude. He had the I'm responsible. I'm responsible. I'm responsible. Yeah. And Much so, different. Way different. <clears throat> one so, you lord over, one you serve. You know. You you're the head of the house. What yeah. does that mean? I'm responsible. You're responsible for serving. For serving. Yeah. You know, you're responsible for keeping that house safe. So you yeah. lock the doors. You know, you make sure everyone's tucked in bed. <coughs> you lock the doors. You get up in the middle of the night when you can't sleep. You check on everybody. Yeah. You know, um, and then in the morning you get up. Yep. You bring your wife a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And you open the house up. Yep. Um, you know, those are the things I. Two, have I told two you, basic things. Have I told you my. I have two rules for myself. Don't go to bed before Chels. Don't wake up after Chels. And I, I've so far I've followed that. <laughs> like even like this morning I didn't go home till eleven. She had to be up at five. Um, for work. And I was like, I I woke up and my eyes were squinted. Trying to I forgot to make coffee the night before. I'm like. But I was like, I gotta, like, I just, I don't know. That's a weird rule I have for myself. Um, I understand. But there is, uh, have we talked about the it's going back to morale and being all in? Have we? I think I've talked about the lightsaber. I don't know if I've talked about it with you. No. Do you remember? So I, I was in first grade. I think first or second grade, because, um, uh. What was the uh, Phantom Menace had just come out, and we went and saw it, and a book, a Phantom Menace picture book came out, and I got it at the Scholastic News Fair at the school, and in it it had the insides of a lightsaber. Do you remember this? When I was like, vaguely, Dad, Dad, we have to make a lightsaber, and you were like, Done. So we went to Home Depot. You know we can't build a lightsaber, like you are fully aware. 
I'm fully convinced we can build one. And we went around and we bought little parts that looked similar to the, what was in the picture of the lightsaber. And you needed a special crystal. And the crystal had to spin according to the book. And that's how you got the lightsaber. They don't sell crystals at Home Depot. Nope. So you took me to the light section. The light, the whole lighting section where you could get like the little hardware stuff that for mm-hmm. chandeliers. Right. And we looked until we found a chandelier piece made of plastic that was close. Do you not remember this? I remember this so clearly. Yeah. And you were just like, we're making the... Well, so, keep in mind, that was right after you had watched um, Toy Story. Uh-huh. And you wanted you made yourself some wings like Andy did. Oh, yeah. And you were going to jump off the roof because you convinced you... And I, 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 punct, I punctured your balloon. You didn't puncture my balloon until fourth grade. Because there was twice when I wanted to fly. Once after Buzz Lightyear, and I made cardboard wings. Yeah. But then there was in fourth grade when I actually made um, plastic bag wings, and I was going to jump off the roof. And you were like, nope. And somehow you got in trouble for... I did get in trouble. (laughs) He's going to break his neck. But you killed his dream. I, I killed the dream. Oh, yeah, it's just jumping like, off the, the highest part of the of the roof yeah. to see if you could fly. <laughs> but then there was the other th- this. You did this well as a dad because you were you were like, I'm going to be in. We did the magic show. Mm-hmm. I think I've talked about the magic show too. I got this magic set. It was a little box. First you grade. couldn't, and it had cards in it with rabbits on it. You couldn't see the magic trick unless you were two feet away standing over a table. And I wanted to do this magic trick at the talent show at school. And at the talent show, everyone sat sat in chairs on the floor and the people were on a stage, three or four, three feet probably, Mm -hmm. above where they were sitting. And then I had my magic set on a table. So we're talking like there's there's no way anyone in the audience can see me do this magic trick. And you were all about it. You were up there showing me, making sure I put the rabbit in the right place. I would have thought I won the show until uh, little Emmanuel got up there and lip synced uh, uh, Mamba number five. Little second grader showing off. And I was like, well, there goes my shot. You even wore a black tank top. I did. Yeah. You weren't embarrassed. Uh, It was amazing. But all of that ties into morale. Mm-hmm. And morale, you can't like boost morale and stay in your office, right? Or boost morale and be isolated. In a, you got to be like there, or on your phone, or on your phone. You got to be in it with people, yep. Which is the hardest thing to do, especially if you're in a position of responsibility and leadership, because it's like I've got big important things to do, but the big important thing is morale with the people. Like I, I'm, I'm like, if I, especially at work, like if I got to work, put me in my office. But if they're if it comes time to like be with, when it's time to be with the people, like that's actually a little bit more difficult for me if I have work to do. Does that make sense? Yes. And I'm like, because <laughs> you have to like weigh torn. and measure which is more important yeah. at the time. And um, well, even like at home, because like we've got the Chelsea's doing the two jobs right now. I've got two roles at work, and I'm in school, and I'm constantly having to choose between like what do I have to do for either school or work and what does my family need right now? And I wish I could say I've chosen my family every single time perfectly. No. <laughs> no, because you told a story on Sunday morning. I did. I know. I'm like, <laughs> and 
But I have to like think about that. Yeah. And you know, it's I can tell when I've been neglecting my Chelsea and Noah because we're just like we feel out of sync. Mm-hmm. And sudden now we're snapping at each other. And we're like, we're not even mad. But why are we, you know? Um, so I feel like I just learned a lesson and I need to repent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your mom has a saying with her coaching stuff. and yeah. I, I think that's where it came from. Anyway, she said, most of the time, it's not about this. It's about that. Yeah. And so <clears throat> our responsibility is to find out what that yeah. is. She got it from Rob. Was it? Rob used to say that. Okay. Yeah. To, we need to talk to parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rob Duncan, youth pastor. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, Dad, we've been talking for an hour, and we could probably talk about Shackleton because we haven't even talked about the suffering and endurance in detail, um, tenacity. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for where they just had to make the best use of something? Uh, they were problem solving. It's like problem solving, but I can't think of the word. I'm mind blanking, um, which is terrible. And then, have you ever noticed, industriousness is good. Have you ever noticed when one person mind blanks, everyone in the same room in the same mind blanks? It's a weird, it's like catching a cold. Yep. Um, Yeah. Um, So there's a lot more to talk about. Any final thoughts before we stop recording? Read everything about Shackleton. Yeah. He, like, I was a, I'm still a Teddy fan. Shackleton might surpass him. Yeah, he does. I mean, he doesn't have the great speeches that that no. that, that Roosevelt. But um, so, what was that phrase that they said for um, something? Give me Scott for this other thing. Give me Edmondson. But when you're in a tough spot, give me Shackleton. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the saying, but the, yeah, if you're in a tough spot, give me Shackleton. Because that dude, he was a man's man. He was a leader. He was, he was tough. You know, and, he, he, and when, he, when he came down with sciatica, yeah. I've had that several times in life. And you do, you just don't want to move. Yeah. And you have to get up. He had to get up and move because he knew his men needed him. Yeah. He knew he, it was a, at stake. Yeah. And uh, just – and read, read um, you know, not only about his adventures, but I want to get that – the biography and read it uh, about HR from HR. What's his name? And uh, just fantastic stuff. And, but you know, not only read it, apply it to your life. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm noticing as I, especially as I read more fiction um, and even biographies versus the nonfiction, it's not, not super easy to apply nonfiction to your life without conscious effort, but stories seem to be a way easier to be like, I'm going to, I think this power of imitation, like I want to be like Shackleton. Or, yes. You know, yeah. what would Shackleton do? What here? are the best practices? Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, that's why Jesus told parables. Uh huh. Yeah. With, you know, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, I'm sure that there were a lot of mundane. Oh yeah. Days. Yeah. You know, where you're just hanging out hang, the ice, you know, and when it's dark, yeah. I can only imagine what they were experiencing. Yeah. Because I've never, you know, never yeah. have experienced anything like yeah. that. Um, final thought for me, because I just thought of it. There was a lot of pressure. Um, yep. 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 Uh, 
if you want to be a good man, there's going to be pressure. Responsibility brings pressure. Mm-hmm. Other people's lives bring pressure. You can handle it. You, it's good for you, um, and you can handle it. Yep. Escaping pressure is one of the worst things that men can do, um, I think. Among, well, maybe not one of the worst. It's up there. I'm now I'm just, pursuing comfort. Yeah, pursuing comfort is one of the worst things you can do for you, to yourself. Yep. But, all right. Well, thank you for joining the Man I Want to Be podcast and talking about Shackleton. If you like this episode, please give give it a five star review and share it with a friend or ten. Um, and if, like I, always, if you didn't like it, pretend you didn't listen, and that would be helpful also. Until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast. <laughs>